Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by me. I, I was ready to launch into the old intro, but we don't do that anymore. <laughs> we are the only podcast <laughs> dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of the USL. Tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, two straight losses. Uh, first one to Harrisburg City midweek last week, and then against Charlotte. They nearly came back and, and got a point, but... Alas, not so much. Uh, they have brought Noah Powder back into the fold after we were talking about he was missing <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. He's he's back. Brandon Allen is gone. Gideon Ba might be coming. Bezicourt might be leaving. Uh, a whole lot of stuff. We have the aforementioned Noah Powder uh, as our interview this week. And then we're going to discuss this week's game against Toronto FC2. Whew, that's a lot. Uh, joining me tonight, we've got a full house. We've got first the man who has been missing for a couple weeks now, Bill T and J. Bill Toomey, how's it going? Woo, doing good, Joe. It's uh, nice to be back. But I was hoping for some wins, but uh, we'll see what we can do. But good to be back. I uh, I imagine. Well, we'll get to it a little in a little bit. But I imagine you're pretty down this week, considering the news of the transfer. Yeah, it's the most depressing news, I think, that's come out of the Red Bull 2 camp. <laughs> In quite <laughs> At least for me. Yeah. And, of course, we have everyone's favorite uh, troll doll. It is Anthony Merced. I'm a full-on troll, not a troll doll, okay? <laughs> I was like, he likes you what I call You show me the respect I deserve. <laughs> I yeah, you're a, just a doll, Anthony. If I call him a troll doll, I knew, I knew that would get you. <laughs> Cha-ching. I don't, I don't know. Looking for a catchphrase, guys. Um, triggered. Be- <laughs> triggered. <laughs> uh, before we get started, I do have one little uh, dour note that I would like uh, to dedicate this episode to. Uh, it sounds like uh, that I'm talking about a fallen uh, friend, but uh, a very good friend of mine and supporter of the team was in a pretty horrific motorcycle accident. Uh, he has come through it all okay. He went through surgery today to repair a bunch of his broken pieces, but uh, no no uh, brain damage, no paralysis. He's going to make a full recovery. Uh, and that is my friend Vinny Orazi. So Vinny, this one's for you, bud. Um, moving on to one other thing before I launch into these games. I did probably the, the, the most foolish thing I've done in a while <laughs> right before heading out to the loss against Charlotte. I decided to shave my head, which is not the foolish thing. That happens all the time. Uh, however... I did not wear a hat or sunscreen. Oh, no. And now I look like a cherry tomato. Um, I'm wearing a red shirt right now, so I kind of look like the Kool-Aid man. And, uh, yeah, what a foolish, foolish move. So, Well, at least we know how to find you tomorrow at the Rebels game. <laughs> it's down across the board oh. this week. Yeah, you'll be able to find me. I'll, it's like Rudolph, except I'm There's all There's that red. Kool-Aid guy. Look yeah. at him. He's in the press box. Oh, yeah. Joe Goldstein is red. <laughs> <laughs> That's dedication, right? Uh, all right, let's rewind a little bit. Let's talk about Harrisburg City Islanders. Uh, this was, do we have to? Yeah, we, we do have to. We talked about the week before uh, John was saying, you know, the, the effort wasn't there against Bethlehem Steel. Uh, he seemed a little bit more upbeat about this game against Harrisburg City, but just from the eye test, I thought this game was was really poorly played. Once Harrisburg had scored the goal, we talked to Sean McLaws about this, uh, that they, they're very good at staying compact and making things difficult on opposing teams. And they did exactly that. Uh, Harrisburg, I thought, 
looked great to start the match, uh, put the Red Bulls under pressure, especially uh, from Benbow uh, on a number of occasions. Tim Schmoll uh, acted as sort of a, a traffic cone leading up to the goal, which is <laughs> not something that anybody ever wants to see. I thought he had had a good performance the week before. Well, an okay performance the week before. Uh, his stock went right back down after this one. Uh, there were, well, maybe not some bright spots because I think that would imply more than one, but uh, we got to see the uh, the debut of Zaire Bartley and I thought he was he was very good. He looks good. Um, but that was about all of the positives I could take from this game. Douglas Martinez continues to struggle. Uh, it's just, it, this is it's not a good look for the Red Bulls 2 right now and th- I thought this game was particularly poor. Oh, jeez. They did their best effort to make Harrisburg look like Barcelona in this game. I mean, so, like the, the nutmeg in the first goal, the pass to Wilson for the second goal. I mean, how many uh, how many shots can you take on a goalkeeper before he's just going to let it in? It's, it was yeah, it was yeah. just a joke. Uh, like the, defensively, just the midfield, everything about this game was. I don't know how you can have anything positive coming out of this game. This is the kind of team that they should have beaten mm-hmm. or at the very least should have gotten a point off of. Like this wasn't, you know, the Charlotte game, obviously we'll get to that in a little bit, a bit of a different story. But Harrisburg is a team that you you got to play better against. I, I will, in, in Harrisburg's defense, their current run of form uh, is inspiring. Yes, they're beating teams that are below them in the table, but that's what you're supposed to do anyway. Uh, but they've only lost once in their last five games, and that was to the Rochester Rhinos. So really not that bad from them. Uh, but <laughs> I still think that Red Bull has the the tools and players available to beat them, and uh, it did not look like it the other night. Now, granted, obviously, well, I there, mean, there was a lot of roster turnover. There's still guys getting healthy, but this was bad. I mean, uh, all I'm hearing is excuses here. This team is... This team is brutal. First off, they're brutal to watch. And, you know, this is coming off a year where they were dynamic. They pressed. They, they, they played the game in an entertaining fashion. They seem incapable of doing that now. They, they don't press at all. They have seemingly forgotten how to play defense. I, I just don't get it. They didn't lose that many players. I, don't, they, and, I, I think that their defense has had a lot of issues. But I think one of the things that's not doing them any favors is the uh, midfield and front line's inability to hold on to possession. Uh, because when they turn the ball over kind of cheaply like they do, especially further back in, in the, the field, but like around the, the midfield stripe, uh, they're just constantly being put under pressure. And they're trying to play their wing backs forward. But when you give up possession like that, now you're creating uh, these opportunities for other teams to get, uh, you know, three on two, three on one op- uh, chances. And, you know, how do you defend that? It's not any, a good look. So either they have to start playing like an uglier version of what they're doing now, uh, not unlike what the senior team has done, right? They added numbers to the midfield and sort of play back a little bit more uh, just to kind of make things more difficult to play through. Uh, but it's it's like their reliance on last year's system doesn't fit the personnel that they have right now. If, if if the purpose of playing that system is to vet guys that um, that they want for a specific system, 
it's failing miserably. It's yeah. it's the, none of like, a, I can't name one guy on this team aside from Rafa Diaz that's doing anything that works that that I would want on the first team at this moment. Like they are all I'm excluding Noah Powder from this because he's literally just played one game, but like they've done next to nothing. Uh, to I don't know if I fully who? agree with that. Name I, a guy. Vincent Name one. Besicourt is playing well, regardless. He has of what been you think. awful this year. He's actually he's got eight assists and I think four goals, which is already much better than his numbers last year, which was supposed to be a terrific season, right? He's he's outperformed last season. How about that, Brandon? He had a. Oh wait, never mind. Oh yeah, whoops. Oh yeah, you know what? We, we've we've got a guy that scores goals. You know what? Let's do. Let's move him somewhere else. Why? Because we don't like our guys. That's why. That's not why. <laughs> why? Because why? he needed a better why? opportunity. He needed a MLS. better opportunity. Yes. You you mean like on Red Bull One, where they don't have any strikers right now other than Bradley Wright Phillips? They literally have no forwards on the roster other than Bradley Wright Phillips. Clearly. Actually, Red Bull Two right now only has one. In Douglas Martinez. That's so, true. Heaven forbid Bradley Wright Phillips rolls over his ankle tomorrow. They're going to put Gonzalo Verón in, and literally there's not a single striker in the entire Red Bull system right now, professionally. Yeah. What? Like, yes. What is? Yes. Not a single. What? What is that? Well, like, what is that? Like, I, like, how can you? How can there be any kind of defense for that? I'll, I'll tell you how. Is that they're going to be bringing in other attacking players? But they that is to- oh, oh, oh. okay. Until until this team actually does it, it's nothing. How can you leave a team in the middle of the season? Two teams in the middle of the season with no strikers. I think it, you normally what you do is you bring in somebody and then you get rid of someone, yes. or you make a, a like for like trade. They, ha- they have to make room sell on the players roster. for no reason. They have to make room on the roster to do that. And how much Brent- room do they have to make for guys? Well, one roster we've spot seen, equals seen- one roster spot, Anthony. That okay, they already got rid of Billy. Yes, he was a senior team player. They already got rid of And Brandon Allen, also a senior team player, which means they're bringing in more than one player. And Vincent Bezicor, because they signed him up to the first team. Oh, they loaned well, him up they to only the first team. Him up. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, I've got a feeling that he will end up there, but uh, we're going to circle back around to this, obviously, because we have to talk about the Charlotte game, too. Uh, but the, the point of, of, of moving on from, from Allen right now is that even if they could bring him up to the to the top team, they didn't value what he brings to the table. And which is which is insane to me considering the fact that all he did in the minor league was score goals. Which is something that both teams are desperately in need for right now. I think the one team is figuring it out a little bit better than the two team. I think the two team is absolutely desperately in need of some goals. And from what I've seen from Douglas Martinez, I don't think that he is a uh, a striker who could play by himself up top. Um, but His foot is a magnet for the goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, yes, I agree. I agree with that so far. If he can get shots off at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it is, it's certainly not a good look. Um, okay, let's talk about Charlotte Independence game. I thought... I'm that, not going to be as brutal to them about because this. Because Charlotte, Charlotte is a very, very good team. Charlotte's right very good, and Red Bull honestly outplayed them the entire match they were extremely unlucky to go down uh, on a free kick early well like midway through the first half and then an own goal uh which makes it look much worse than it, it really was but they they could have had three or four in the first uh in the first half against charlotte but you know there's that whole pesky thing that we were just talking about finishing 
uh, that they were unable to do. Uh, but it's like, also when um, Red Bull Two last year had this. You know, when when you've got the momentum and things are going well, the ball seems to fall your way. Mm-hmm. And right now, think Charlotte, they're creating opportunities, and it the the breaks are 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 going in their favor at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think the the big the biggest issue right now with Red Bull uh, Two finding the back of the net is they're trying to like pass the ball into the net almost every time they did a much better job of looking for opportunities outside the box and just pulling the trigger early against Charlotte. Uh, but they need to continue to do that too, like knock in some goals, get a little bit more confidence. Uh, with, with Allen missing, obviously the attack is going to be a little bit of a work in progress. Uh, but on the other side of the ball where I thought that uh, there was maybe a bigger problem was uh, the continued absence of Jordan Scarlett. He said that uh, he should be back, I believe, this week, or at least back in training this week. Whether or not he'll start is something different. Uh, but he and Hassan Nadam clicked in a way that nobody else has for this team. And until he gets back or they get additional help, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough rough stuff. Yeah, and I, I think at this point, you know, you really have to question whether or not Tim Schmall is a long-term player on this team. He just doesn't seem... I mean, last year I thought this guy was was going to be the guy. I thought, yeah. I thought he was going to be one of the guys that eventually came up this year. He, it's so such a big regression that when he's even out there, I, I wonder if the team even has an ability to stay in a game. No, yeah, I fully agree with that. I think that that the worst that the defense has looked is generally when Schmoll's in the game, which is a, a shame. I thought he, you're right. He last year, I think that he looked way better than he did, but also remember that he generally had support of two from Aaron Long. Yeah, two pretty terrific defenders. Whether it was Aaron Long or Zach Carroll, both of them played, I thought, fantastically last year. Oh, I know what happened with Zach Carroll? I know that's your favorite uh, topic, but you know the manifesto of this team is about the future of Red Bulls One, and if they don't think that he had a future with Red Bulls One, they don't have an obligation to keep him. They didn't really have an obligation. I bet to you keep they think that he has a future of Red Bull One right now. I bet you they don't <laughs> feel that way. Uh, Hassan Adam, I think, is someone who will come up and and be a Red Bull One player, probably sooner than later. Uh, within the next season or two. Uh, but I, I don't see that with Carroll. I I think Nadam, even with his um, flaws, has a lot more upside than, than Carroll had. Uh, well, but the, does Nadam, is Nadam the kind of guy that can play right next to Aaron Long is the question. So this isn't just about whether or yes, not he can yes, do a job. I, I, it's about whether or not he can combine with him. I think that that's actually the kind of partnership that is most successful for this team, is to have one guy who's kind of big and bosses the air uh, – and kind of plays the physical side of things. And then a guy like Aaron Long, who can be a little bit more of a finesse uh, central defender, um, which is what we saw from, from Jordan Scarlett when he was on the field. Um, they do eventually climb back into this game after giving up another very soft goal uh, on transition to Charlotte uh, through a, a really nice curling shot, low curling shot from um, uh, David Jem for his first goal as a Red Bull or I think even just professionally in general. I don't know. He, he might have scored when he was overseas. Uh, but that kick-started things for the Red Bulls. They got, for the next, you know, five to ten, well, five to seven minutes, 
Uh, they were absolutely back in this game. They grabbed a ton of momentum. They scored immediately. I think it was about three minutes later off the corner kick from Junior Flemings, uh, which was saved, but uh, linesman ruled it was over the line. Um, and they just they they built a lot. Uh, Charlotte kind of woke up after that and and held the game a little bit tighter, looked to possess a little bit more. But one thing they didn't do, and it really surprised me, was they didn't try to kill off the clock uh, in possession. There was a there was a point, I think it was after the first goal, uh, where they had a breakaway down the left flank. And rather than just you know go towards the flag, they cut the ball back, tried to pass it, and turned it over. And it's the kind of thing where if I was the coach, I would be screaming at the team. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, USL soccer! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if there was a positive from this match, again, it, it Bartley showed really well when he came onto the field. Flemings and Bartley kind of added a little bit of life uh, to the team. Uh, Florian Velo went central and looked a little bit more comfortable. So maybe that's something that, that they should think about doing more with him uh, because the flank is, is really not working out for him. He did have a, a, an okay game compared to some of his other games. Uh, recently, but uh, I'm still not sold on on him on the wing this year. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, well, I thought, I thought you, I don't know, you were done yet. Um, oh yeah, I forgot. Talk a lot, Joe. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Stop playing Zelda and listen to me. I'm not playing Zelda. First time I beat it four times already. Okay, all right. So it's I'm done. I just went through the DLC. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Anyway, um, I can see below. The, the, uh, the, the, he needs to have a position, uh, a permanent one. Um, I think that when he's on the wing, he can be effective as long as that central midfielder. Distribution is key for a guy like him. Um, if you move him in the middle, and then, and then you kind of need distribution out of the back, which they've had a hard time with as it is anyway. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm I'm really down on this team this week. It, it was, I'm really it, down on it's them. A rough season. It's a rough week. I'll get into just how rough it's been in a second. But let's get a goat of the week. Who on the team do you think really um, uh, played the worst through those two games? Douglas Martinez. That's. I think that's a fair pick. I feel bad for Douglas, but that's true. Bill. I don't. <laughs> I no. I, I I think that's a fair pick too. Even though Anthony's, you know, just being a little extra extra harsh. <laughs> well, Anthony Anthony's one of those guys that there's no gray. It's only either amazing or terrible. Uh, no, so. that's not true. Hold on, I'm not the one that gets paid to play a game for a living. So, like, if somebody's gonna be tough, you might as well be tough. <laughs> See, I can't even say that about him without him flying off the handle. Um. <laughs> For me, I'm going to give it to Schmoll and Abador in the back line. I thought that both of them just had very poor performances. and I, I agree with the, uh, Douglas Martinez as well, but uh, I, just to be a little bit different, I'll give it to those two. Okay, Abador is not a bad player, but man, is he not fitting in with this team. Yes, I agree with that. Okay, so how bad has it been? In the last five games, the Red Bulls are 1-3-1, and one, and that sounds pretty bad, right? In their last 10, they are 3-6-1, which is much, much worse. They are 13th in points per game in the East. Uh, 
uh, that uh, that basically says we're not going to be making the playoffs. Um, they are the third worst goal differential in the East. They've got a negative ten goal differential. Only TFC and Richmond are worse. League wide, they are fifth worst in the league, mostly thanks to uh, the Timbers and Los Dos, who are atrocious. The the, <laughs> the Timbers have a negative twenty one goal differential. And Los Dos, thanks to that 9 nothing drubbing, have a negative 23. Uh, so I guess it could be worse. We talked about this already, but uh, Brandon Allen, he's out. Vincent Bezicourt might be going up to the, the senior team. What happens to the offense with both these guys gone? Is it something that, you know, I brought this up with John, that maybe, maybe, just maybe... The, the positive in this is that they are forced to play a different style than they're used to because they don't have those pieces. But is that up to him? Like, and, and, that's, and that's a real question. Who, who decides how this team plays? If this is about development, mm-hmm. then, and, this is, and this is about them playing the quote-unquote Red Bull system, then is it up to him to say, hey, we're going to play a different system to win games? Or is it, I don't care if you lose games, I need to find out who... Um, who who can cut it in the in the first team system? But at the same time, what is the first team system? It seems to change uh, these days as they're trying to figure out how to how to get their season on track. Yep, I agree with that. I think the biggest thing is the the energy and the pressing uh, from both teams is their um, identity, which both teams are lacking. They fixed that a little bit with the two, with the one team by adding extra bodies uh, to the midfield, but. I'm not sure if that would be something that they could successfully do in at the USL level. And the first team also has the luxury of a pretty terrific central defender in Aaron Long that the two team does not. Yeah. However, so it's yeah. However, there is a guy who is now fit and running with the first team that is not able to play with them this year, and that's Gideon Ba. Is he someone that we expect to come down to the two team? And does that change literally everything for this team going forward? Not for a half a season. I mean, like, you know, you you don't want him. I mean, you want him to play some games this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. But you don't want him to essentially get hurt on some artificial turf out in uh, Charleston or something. So, I mean, this isn't. He's not the kind of guy that's going to change around their season because I just don't think he's going to play that many that many games. But sure, for some games in Montclair where they trust the field, uh, he he'll more than likely see some minutes before the end of the year. Well, if you got Ba and Scarlett able to rotate, that's that I think makes the backline a lot better. The addition of Noah Powder uh, certainly settles things down. Kevin O'Toole, I'm not sure if he reached his minutes cap yet, uh, but I don't think he is going to be much of an option moving forward. Um, just because of the number of minutes he's already played. So, I don't know. Things could be turning around there. It's further up the field where I am most leery. Okay, and Anthony, because we did this last year uh, with the first team, I want to do it this year. Uh, I want to make a bet about this team. Oh, boy. Yep. Oh, here we okay. go. Okay. But I, I've got to know your position. Can this team make the playoffs? Can they? Yes. Will they? No. I don't believe they will. Okay, so then I'm going to have to take the positive position on this. I think that they're going to get a couple additions. Stefano Bonomo is going to be healthy. He was on the bench the other day, uh, by the way. Uh, And I think that things are going to start to turn around for this team. So, 
if I win, what do I get? I don't know. What do you want? <laughs> or should we just do based on loss? Uh, if you lose, what happens to you? Yeah, yeah I definitely think um, if we lose. Um, Last year we made you sing. I don't know mm-hmm. if we should do that again. Well, that was more of a... See, see, that was more you guys than me. Like, yeah. you guys suffered more than I did on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm going to have to... All right. All right. I got it. Perfect. If you lose, you have to be Mr. Positive for an entire episode. You can't say a negative thing about the team. Only glowing <laughs> reviews. I'm actually very positive when they give me something positive to talk about. Right. No middle ground. Only, only. You should see me ground. cover the Yankees if you think this is bad. Oh, I know. Well, Yankee <laughs> fans in general. Oof. Um. <laughs> We're winners, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, and if if I lose, what do you, what do I got to do? Ooh, Are we doing mm. the popcorn thing again? No, I want I want a a live a Facebook live video. Of you eating a twenty-five cent bag of popcorn, uh, like a wait. When you say twenty, you know, like, like one of the little ones, like from, like from a little the store. One. That I, I like. I feel like that's tolerable. It's it's really that like hot buttered popcorn that. Is. Ah, okay. So then you have to eat a one hundred calorie bag. All right. Of, or we could pop, just popcorn. buy him the popcorn and he has to Facebook live him cooking in the microwave and eating it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I could actually successfully do that. I think that might kill the Wi-Fi if I was microwaving. Uh, but your Wi-Fi. <laughs> you never had issues with your Wi-Fi while the microwave was running. No. Maybe maybe it's better now. We'll we'll see. I mean, I don't have one my on my computer. Been using desk, it for so. like the last five minutes. <laughs> Anthony, you shouldn't let that poor lady cook for you. You should be it's doing everything be- for her. She did you a favor I- by marrying you. Come on. I, well, th- I'm not denying that at all, but you know, I am a great cook. <laughs> all right, uh, I'm I'm gonna let that stand. Uh, okay, so uh, I say the Red Bulls will Red Bulls two will make the playoffs. You say they won't. If you lose, uh, you're Mister Positive for an entire episode. If I lose, I will Facebook Live me eating an entire bag of popcorn uh, during a uh, an AMA. I guess we do AMAs. Well, we can. I don't see why not. Okay. Those are the conditions. Those are the terms that are set. Uh, We're going to take a break now. Uh, When we come back, I'm going to first play the post-game audio uh, from the the Charlotte game. And then we're going to hear from Noah Powder. Stick around. John, anybody want to start them off? John, uh, looking at the standings, um, things might start to feel a little bit compressed. Uh, a lot of teams are within striking range, and uh, I think in points per game, um, the club is either 10th or 11th. With um, the second half of the season kind of starting now, is there a little bit more pressure on the group to start getting results, especially at home? Yeah, definitely. I was, you know, I didn't want to. Uh, harp on that in pregame, but I talked about it a little bit that we need to start getting points. And uh, you know, obviously, this game comes at a tough time against a team that's you know, flying right now. And for us to play them in a, 
third week, uh, third game in a week at home uh, makes these three points hard. But uh, you know, we definitely needed them. So yeah, we we need points. So we got to find ways to get points. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned with us getting better and not making mistakes and, and, and uh, learning as we go. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely more concerned with the, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, plateauing in our uh, development. So that's more concerning to me than, than finding points. Now again, and I think we talked about it uh, one of the last times, but um, you guys find yourself in a position where early on in the season everybody would have hung their heads a little bit. But you're down 3 nothing, and yet there's a spark the latter half of that second half and very close at the end to possibly scoring it. What do you what do you see different uh, that you can use to build on that we've seen in the last second half with that resiliency? Yeah, I mean, you can always see positives and negatives. And, you know, the, the negative is I feel like we um, seem to keep making the mistakes. The positive is we, we keep fighting and we always seem to have better second halves. And some of that is due to us going down and the other team kind of being content to be ahead. But but we do keep fighting, and you know we saw some of that today. I'm not sure. Uh, you know we really put a lot into the second half. I think there was a lot of loose ends in the second half. So um, you know the, the first goal that we get, you know I'm, I'm not sure it was you know something that came from us really dominating the game and really putting a lot into it. Having said that, the, the reaction after that goal uh, was pretty good, and then, and then we started to get a grip on the game. Um, well, listen, they're, they're a good team, so they were a tough challenge, and uh, you know, it was kind of a clash of styles, and then their style prevailed today. John, you want to talk about uh, <clears throat> kind of the inclusion of Noah Powder? Obviously, he's he's familiar with the group, uh, but this is uh, obviously now his first professional signing, professional contract. Uh, what do you see kind of what he offers there on, on the wings? Yeah, so Noah's a guy that you know we had last year and been in the academy, and uh, you know, has has uh, at least experience with our. Um, system and how we want to play and uh, you know it's a bit early for him obviously uh, to throw him out there but we felt like with the, the three games in a week that in the heat and everything that we needed to rotate some players so I give him credit for today he worked um, lasted 90 minutes even though it's his first start um, did some good things for sure you know some things to work on for sure as well so um, hopefully we can uh, continue to move him forward and uh, you know hopefully he gives us some some stability at left back with Brandon Allen obviously going out on loan uh, the team has relied on him heavily for uh, the scoring <laughs> for the last you know, year and a half. Uh, is this maybe a good thing for the group to kind of break out of uh, some of their habits uh, that they formed? Um, I don't know if it's ever a good thing when a, when a good player uh, moves on, but uh, hopefully it's a good thing for Brandon, and hopefully somebody steps up and it's good for somebody like Douglas. So, um, you know, we have other guys step up and score today, so that's great. And hopefully we continue to do that. Um, and maybe and that's—I I look at it every, every uh, situation or event um, as an opportunity to get better. So, uh, you know, with Brandon moving on, does that takes away from the team for sure? But hopefully, you know, guys can step up and, and fill that void and, and continue to, to improve. Anybody else? And we're back. We are now joined by the New York Red Bulls two most recent signing. And a, a face and name very familiar to, to fans of this team. It's Noah Powder. Noah, how's it going? I'm fine. Very happy to be back with New York Red Bulls. Um, it's an honor to come on the show. Ready I think 
I think a lot of people are uh, excited to see you back with the team as well. Uh, what has the last year been like for you? I, obviously, we know that uh, you've been training with the team for a little bit now, uh, but uh, between uh, your time with the team last season and up to now, what have you been up to? I was actually in, in France. I was, I was in Europe looking for um, an option in Europe, obviously to seek um, a different um, dimension on football. And when I was out in Europe, I went on a few trials, played with a fourth division club. I can stay fit in between the trials. And over in Europe, it didn't work out, so I came back to the New York Red Bulls. So last season, obviously, was uh, quite successful for you, um, playing a good chunk with New York Red Bulls, too. What was that like, um, obviously, at your age and um, being an academy prospect to play in so many meaningful games? Uh, it was very difficult to um, go from basically playing with kids my age to grown men who could be 10 years older than me. And when John told me I was starting my first professional game, I was, I was a little nervous, I'm not going to lie. And I played, the, I played the whole 90, but John guided me through it, and it was a great season. It turned out to be a great season for, for all the players. Uh, between last year and this year, what what has evolved in your game, or what maybe are you specifically looking to work on uh, as you rejoin the team and get you know uh, uh, settled in? I'm working on um, my full fitness, chemistry with uh, the rest of the players. Obviously, we have some new guys in the back line from last year, so just to try to understand how they play and how I want to play with them. That's basically my main goal. Um, did you keep track of the team at all uh, once you left at the end of last season? Obviously, you you know, were there for the championship run, but um, did you uh, keep track of the Red Bull Two team while uh, while you were away? Yeah, I definitely did. I was, I was watching all the games online when I, was, when I was over in Europe. I watched the championship game. That was a fantastic performance from the team, and yeah, I had my eyes on it. Being that you were in Europe, what kinds of things did you learn uh, during that, uh, I guess we called it an adventure, uh, as you were looking to pick up a contract? Over in, over in Europe? Yeah. Um, just a different style of football. How in Europe, they play much, much slower, and they're not, they're not as direct as since we have a certain system at Red Bulls, and the fluidity, fluidity of football and how technical all the players were. Very technical, even the center back. Very good, very good on the, very good on the ball there, with their feet, able to play in position, can pass anywhere, range, range of motion, everything. We're all good technically. Uh, so you're coming back into this team now, Noah, and things are very different than um, the way they were when you when you left. Um, what's the vibe been like in the locker room since you got since you got to the team? Um, well, we still have some of the guys from last year. So some of the guys from last year are definitely trying to keep a positive vibe in. In the training, in the game, in the locker room. So yeah, just to maintain that, just to maintain that focus. We're trying to stay sharp. We're taking it day by day. We're training harder and harder to reach to get a reach a playoff seed. So I believe we'll do it. The vibes are good in the training, in training and in the locker room. Now, one of the things that that seems to be a little bit uh, problematic this year uh, for the team in general is that um, when they fall behind, maybe there's a little bit of, of head hanging. Uh, and it's a little bit difficult to climb back into matches. Uh, is there any work going into maybe improving that right now, or um, is there something that maybe you see that uh, that could help improve that? Well, every day in training, we work with the assistant coach, um, Ibrahim Sagaya. 
as we all know, he's played. He's been center back for the Rebels. So he works with the back four pretty much every every day. And obviously, I've been watching some games before I joined the team. And the back four is like mentality to play the whole 90 and stay fit and work, work for the team. A few slow-ups at the end of the game have called us, have called us some major, major points. So during training, we work on it. We work to get better, and we hope to see results soon. Uh, so for uh, your time in Europe, um, you know, at your age, you know, that, that's quite a big lifestyle change going all the way over there. What's um, either playing wise or just in life? What are some of the lessons that you learned while being out there in Europe? Um, some lessons I learned is you have to um, step up and, and be a man. You have to learn how to live on your own, cook on your own. I had to learn, had to learn a new language. So obviously that wasn't easy, but I was surviving every day, just going to training. Sometimes even go train by myself. Even if the team would have a game or they were only training light, I would go to field by myself. But yeah, I fought through it. It was it was too difficult for me. No, for for some that don't necessarily know your story uh, coming up uh, to this team, uh, give us a little rundown of, of you know when did you start playing. Uh, at what point did you know that this is maybe something you wanted to pursue for for your future? Uh, and uh, what kind of support did you get from from those around you? Well, I started playing for the academy about four or five years ago, and I was as I was moving through the academy, I realized I started I started to get like more intrigued with the with the first team and how how well they were playing under Henry and the, like the likes of Tim Cahill. So I thought I thought to myself like. Have to become a professional soccer player, and the academy coaches are were a great help. From like to Jeff Zahn, Paul McDonald, and Simon Nee, so they guided me through it. Um, by the time I was 17, I was able to join the USL team. So I knew from there that's what I wanted. So, what's your um, assessment of uh, the USL as a league and as as a whole? Obviously, you were there last year when during its big expansion. It's gotten a little bit bigger this year. Um, what what's your feeling on the league? I think the league is a, it's a great it's a great league. It's a great um, step for MLS, great developmental league. That's what I think it's used for. I don't think um, playing in the USL is players for young young players final goal. I believe their goal is to take to the next step. And I think it's a great um, it's a great building step from the level of play, the players that are in it, the fitness, the dimension of the game, everything. It's a great building step. Now, in five years, where do you see yourself? See myself starting starting left back for the Red Bulls, the first team. That's a pretty good answer. <laughs> okay, That's uh, very I like to end these segments with a couple of um, maybe sillier questions. Uh, they're very fast, uh, back and forth. Uh, generally, yes or no, or just one option or the other. Uh, started this a couple okay. of weeks ago. I think I think it's working out pretty well so far. Are you ready? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, popcorn. Yes or no. New York Rangers or New Jersey Devils? Um, I don't really, I don't really follow hockey like that, so I can't really ask that question. That's okay. Huh? I, I think that's all right. <laughs> uh, Arson Wenger, in or out? In. My dad's an Arsenal fan, so I kind of support them too. Sonic the Hedgehog or Super Mario? Uh, it's got to be Super Mario. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. 
FIFA or Pro Evolution? Oh, FIFA, of course. <laughs> and who's your favorite team in FIFA to play as? Manchester City. Best club in Europe. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know about that. <laughs> Anthony is a red. Uh, Noah. <laughs> of course, uh, I think that they're going to be looking up for quite a while at the blue side of Manchester, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, Noah, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck this I Friday. All right. Thank you so much. And when we come back, we're going to preview the game against Toronto FC2. Stick around. And we're back with our final segment. We're going to preview the game this Friday night against Toronto FC2. I believe that's a 7 p.m. game. Anybody want to fact check me on that? Yes, I'm checking friends. it now. Yes. It's it, dollar hot dog night, people. You should be coming out to the game. It's a Friday night. You're not doing anything. It's the middle of July. Come out to the game. Would you? They have beer there, if that's the problem. You could drink beer watching the Red Bull 2s. Uh, park right next to the field. Walk right down. It's about, I don't know, 300 steps, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you are in the stadium and can watch from anywhere. It's general admission. Why aren't you coming out to those matches? Come on, guys. Friday night match. Anyway, Toronto FC two. Uh, they are three nine and four or five rather. They're in fourteenth place, negative sixteen goal differential. Uh, they are two two and one though in their last five matches. So <laughs> they were one uh, seven and four <laughs> before that. Not great stuff. Uh, they have six goals for and 11 goals against in that stretch with wins over Orlando and Ottawa. They lost to Charleston and Harrisburg City Islanders and drew Pittsburgh. They do not have anyone that's particularly, um, I think, consistently dangerous. Uh, Luca Uccello has kind of come on for them of late, but he still, I think, only has three goals. Uh, I, I, this is not a team that should give the Red Bulls any trouble. But the question is, are the Red Bulls capable of not shooting themselves in the foot? No, uh, yeah, Toronto. Toronto's a bad team. Um, I, I, but with that said, they did beat Ottawa this last week. I know that Ottawa is a team that is finding themselves again this year, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, they're wildly incon- inconsistent, but... Uh, this is a game I'm going to be very positive right now. I believe Red Bull should win this game. See, there's no, there's no middle ground. It's, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, they, what do you mean there's no middle ground? You know, okay. Tired. Yeah, they, they might, you know what? I think they're going to win, but yeah, who knows? They might lose. <laughs> um, How's that? Is, is, is that right? Is that even kill right down the middle for you? They could win. They could lose. If they score more than the other team, then they will. Anthony, uh, just to let you know. I think that with your cheek, you turned on uh, your video chat because every now and again, I'm getting a flash of of that famous Merced smile. Bill, can you back Are me up you? on that? You... Uh, oh, there he is. You, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to turn that off. I don't know. We're staring at your eyeballs, Wait, though. Do you mean like that intense look or the video chat? I don't know what I'm doing Which right now. Which one are you trying to turn off? 
<laughs> anyway, keep talking. Okay, so <laughs> while I figure this out, if Jordan Scarlet is back, then I mean they really should be able to dominate this game. Um, I, my my questions right now are what's going to go on with with the midfield. I'm still not sold on uh, Arun Basulovic as a deeper lying uh, midfielder, a box to box guy. I think he's much better further up the field uh, and. Metzger, I think, has played pretty well th- for the most part. He's not turning the ball over a lot. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're back. Uh, but um, he needs he needs someone else next to him who's got like a, a, a fast engine and can really cover a lot of space. I, I think Dan does an okay job of that, but uh, last year when he had Speedy with him um, or Tyler, they tend to move a lot faster uh, than than you know Basulovich is doing this year, which is not a, necessarily a knock against him. It's just I don't think that's one of his strengths. Uh, and until they figure that out, I think they're going to continue to to struggle a little bit. And then on the other end of things, uh, Douglas Martinez. I mean, he needs to start getting some 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 goals to to help his confidence. He's, he's struggled mightily uh, since coming in his, his first appearance, he scored like, I don't know what, four minutes into coming onto the field. And since then it's been a bit of a, a barren wasteland. Yeah, they, this, I, I, this team needs to get offense and I don't see how they do it. Considering the fact that they, they don't have many options to get to. I mean, they've got options to get the ball forward, but they don't have very many options once they're in the box. Um, especially now that Brandon Allen is gone. So, what they can do, I'm, I'm not too sure at this point. I think that they have more than enough tools to get by a team like Toronto, but uh, another team that's maybe a little bit more skilled in key positions, perhaps not. So, what I think that might benefit them. Um, is using Martinez as less of a striker and more of a hold-up option to get the other guys in the attack. Obviously, um, Junior Fleming's at time has been dangerous, but if he's out on an island by himself, it, it hasn't really been working that well. Uh, but finding the ball in the, uh, the in the final third, I think he's done well. He's got five goals. Um, Bezicourt can be a little bit more dangerous that way. So may, I, obviously that would go against the system. Uh, but maybe playing him as more of of that hold-up uh, player that can wait for guys to get into the attack is a smarter move than just trying to force him into that um, that central striker role. Perhaps, um, you know, unless Bonomo is ready to, to be a starter, which he could be an option, I guess. That's true. We'll but see. I've always felt the same thing about him, that he's better at hold-up. Uh, after Brandon Allen's nine goals, there are two players that have more than two goals on this team, and that is Junior Flemings and Vincent Bezicourt. Zico and they Lewis, loan this guy to Minnesota. Zico Lewis has two. Ben Mines, Etienne, Douglas Martinez, David Abador, Florian Velo, and David Najem. That's it for the goal scorers, and the rest of those guys have one goal. Zico Lewis has two. And the majority of those guys that you just mentioned aren't supposed to have a lot of goals. <laughs> well, yeah. No, Derek, I think, is someone who could. Um, yeah, yes. He should have between, I think, about five and ten goals uh, if he's going to be playing consistent minutes down here. He's got, he's got half the games that most of the uh, starters have. Okay, let's get a prediction. What do you got? TFC 2. I got one nothing. Red Bull 2. 
Bill? I think one nothing's fair as a prediction. Uh, I agree with that. I'm going to go one nothing. Um, any other things to discuss before we go? I think that's it. I got. I mean, I, I could talk for hours. <laughs> I got to get an update <laughs> from Willie about uh, Andrew Lombard next time I talk to him. Uh, but uh, that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Raising Bulls. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at underscore Joe Goldstein. I am at Attitude AGM. Check me out at nycsoccerworld.com. And I'm at Bill T. NJ. And if you want to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull. That's one bull cast. And of course, that's all on Twitter. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Please find the show, rate us, review us. It really does help. Every little bit helps. And of course, you can go to RaisingBulls.com or find us at Facebook.com slash RaisingBulls. And uh, my, my EP is officially out. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes, Google Play. Go out there, find it, listen to it. Enjoy it. Well, t- tell them how to find you. Is it just your name or is it a band? It's Acoustic Boomerang, and the album is Nebula. I think I've, I've berated you guys enough about that. But for myself, Joe Goldstein, Bill Toomey, Anthony Merced, and of course, Noah Powder. Good night.